0: You just gave me the intro. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Mr. Haircut. No, this is going to be... (laughs) 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 Welcome to Mr. Haircut. Mr. Haircut. Mr. Haircut. Mr. Haircut. I don't really have a good range of voices. (laughs) Mr. Haircut. I thought you were just going to do like a cow noise. Mr. Haircut. What was that? Like a plane (laughs) crashing or something? (laughs) Uh, This is your captain speaking. Oh, that's like <laughs> World War One <I laughs> <laughs> <laughs> propeller plane. <laughs> that's Morse code, Mister Mister Haircut. Mister Haircut speaking. Huh? Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's all I have. Yeah, man, Mister Haircut. eh? okay, so. <laughs> Enough of that nonsense. (laughs) Enough of that nonsense. We have a show to do. So I had the pleasure of interviewing Blake Richardson from Between the Buried and Me. And he's a really, really cool dude. He's so chill and laid back and um, just an awesome guy. It's funny how I would expect a certain level of fame and interest to inflate your ego to the point where you might be insufferable. Yeah. Just it's not the case with that guy. That's awesome. uh, You've you've met him before?
1: Well, I probably haven't seen him in 15 years. So uh, in high school, my band played a talent show. And at our audition, he came and filled in for our drummer. Hmm. And I remember he was just, he was like a few years younger than me, just this little kid at the time, and came in and just absolutely crushed the drums. And we were all just floored, like,
0: where did this kid come from? And that's the last time I've seen him. So, okay. Well, it's a, it's a small world because I didn't meet him, meet you through him or him through you, but I know the both of you. Right. And um, both of you guys are killer musicians, but I remember the first time I heard uh, between the buried and me, I heard Alaska. Yeah. The, the, yeah, uh, yeah. Record Alaska. And I was like, um, I'm not ever going to be able to play that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. Um, no, that's exactly what I thought at the time. I'm probab- I don't believe I probably you still, that. Yeah, I did. No, I, was I don't like, believe that. like, who's this guy? He's from here. Crap. I'm done. Why, <laughs> why am I even playing? <laughs> like, oh, my God. And so um, my favorite song that he's ever done really is, um, and I think I've told him this, is Mirrors. It's off of, um, I think it's the Great Misdirect. Okay, I'll check that out. Um, It's a song. It's a record they put out after Colors. Okay. So, and I know a lot of people say Colors is sort of their big shift that um, moved them in the direction that they're they're going. But they got like a little softer, a little bit more melodic. There was Uh like singing introduced, and things just got more kind of rocking and less metal, more progressive. Yeah. So. But yeah, man, it was a it was a great conversation. I'd like to talk a little bit about it because we went into some interesting territory. yeah, so you guys have done this a few times, right? Haven't we've, you ever interviewed them we've we've talked and we've jammed a while. Um, like this was our third time maybe getting together. Um, the first time was um, with a couple of other guys and um and that was cool. Because, I mean, one of those guys I had just met and then an- another one I-, I knew for a while before but had never gotten to play. And everybody was really, really good as far as check one, check one, two. Um <laughs> He just put another microphone that's not on in my direction.
1: Right. No, I just moved it so I could see your face because oh, it was like okay. blocking half your face. No. and It was weird because I was.
0: So. Yeah. <laughs> I like to look at your face. I don't. So it was really cool. And the second time we got together, it was just the two of us. And he just. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. No, um, he pushes me. Like, he definitely makes me play harder and just show up. Yeah. You know, in a way that you can't really on gigs because you feel like you have to. Perform a duty most of the time Especially when it comes to like wedding band Right, right Gigs and stuff So But he was He's on the opposite like Perspective man Even though like Most of the things that the, he does He does night after night So uh-huh. it's a, like Recital He'll talk a little bit about that But He gets to actually write his own parts And uh-huh. uh, he's living the dream Kind of like we want to a Yeah little, You know So Do you have any like, questions About that Before we get started no, let's get into the interview, man. I want to hear this. Cool. Sweet. I'm
2: not, not going to film it. There's- oh, yeah.
0: Okay. Sweet. <laughs> sweet. I mean, I could, I guess. Yeah, fuck it. You don't have makeup on, or <laughs> <laughs> you know
2: what I mean? No, wife's going to grill me for not having the hat on. And
0: <laughs> having a hat?
2: Yeah, she likes me with the my hat on.
0: Oh, so every time you get interviewed, she wants you to be in a oh, hat? Oh, yeah,
2: she's like, you better
0: have a hat That's yeah. great. You
2: a baseball t-shirt.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so mine could care less sometimes, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know. She really doesn't give a shit. That's what
0: I'm saying, man. It's like, I'll try to, because I try to share things with her, like, and, you know, I, I guess there's that little bit of, like, hey, mommy, look what I can do kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and so you're like, so check this song out. Isn't it badass? And she's like, sure.
2: Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's all my, yeah, I mean, that's how Kristen is. She's like. She's really, I mean, the craziest she she gets is probably, like, pop-punk stuff. Right. Which is what she kind of, like, grew up on, sure. I feel like. You know, I was into that shit, too, back in the day. But, yeah, when I show her, like, B2Band stuff, it's totally, it's otherworldly. She just doesn't, she doesn't. She can't wrap her head around this. See,
0: Lori's completely different. So I took her. I mean, you met her. Yeah, um, yeah. And she dug your show, but she really? she loves almost all music, not just listen, you know. But it like Death Cab would be on, and then Mars the Mars Volta would be on. Yeah. And, and so it doesn't matter with her. she gets into whatever's See, that's on.
2: Sick. That's that's rare. Dude.
0: So I feel like almost every single musician can relate to that sentiment how many times have you been with a girl and you're like check this out and they're just like "Hmm." yeah it's
1: cool yeah
0: have you ever like dated a musician before like someone that also played to the level or at least was as passionate about their playing as you were no and i don't even i can't even really imagine how that would go i'm not sure i want to do that you know i'm not sure that's even if they were like completely different maybe they were a classical musician with right, a right. completely different mindset you just were like no I'd, I'd much rather have someone else that's interested in other things right yeah i guess yeah i guess i'm interested
1: in other things too and i kind of want to keep i don't know i kind of want to keep my music you know my passion my career as like a as a portion of my life and then also have like a personal side and and combining those two, maybe I've just never tried it. But it seems seems to me that it would be kind of weird. It was, you know.
0: I actually have dated a musician before. Yeah, and um, she she was sort of an artist in the way that I'm not. She loved a bunch of different artistic things, like, uh, and she it didn't matter how she expressed herself. She just wanted to express herself. And for me, I was so focused on being a musician and just absorbing music that I felt that she should have been working to be a better musician when and her vision for herself was much broader. Right. And you you know, you because there's parts of yourself that when you perceive, even though it might not be right, you perceive other people as being lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're pl- always playing the same licks As they were like two or three years ago And then you're just like You sort of resent that Because you that's something that you're trying to War against yourself mm-hmm. So I don't know And that, that obviously didn't work out <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not That's not the reason But it, it just didn't Or no there, there were tons of reasons Anyways Yeah
2: Usually it's like Well lately there's been like a weird shift Like there's Usually, the only chicks that were at a BT Bam show were girlfriends of the dudes that drugged them to the show. Right, right. But now, lately, yeah, I think it's just because the new record's a little bit more mellow. I, There's actually been kind of a shift. I,
0: you know, I, I knew fairly, I knew a lot of people that were in the metal. I knew a lot of chicks that were in the metal. I think it's just been okay lately for yeah. chicks to get into metal. And I didn't realize this at the time, but Emo did that. Like, oh, punk really? and like the Emo scene, like, as far as people, girls liking the whole uh, androgynous type of look, right, like right. Uh, Dur- um, Gerard Way, um, I think that's his name from My Chemical Romance, and uh-huh. then, um, bands like that, Taking Back Sunday, and right. girls really got into that kind of thing, and that just kind of pushed them into like heavier music. Yeah and so now since most of that stuff is gone now it's just more more metal and all those girls kind of learned to learn uh, to like that stuff too yeah that's my opinion i mean i grew up playing punk that's yeah. sort of where i started so i remember the sort of catholic schoolgirl ish outfits with the uh, uh, dirty chucks and mm-hmm. the torn fishnets and the colored hair and And all that. Did you ever play any of that stuff? That's what I started out. My first, when
1: I first started playing bass, I got a book of all the Metallica songs, and that was that's how I learned to play the bass. Was Metallica. I learned every single Metallica song, (laughs) and then, (laughs) but then you know, as I got a little older, it was the punk scene, and it was a really like a local thing. So you know, I was I was in a punk band, and then there were all the I was friends with all the local punk musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, we kind of got into metal. Okay. And that's when I started branching out into jazz and that kind of thing. Sure. So I never was really in uh, hardcore into metal. Right. But uh, but I dig it, and I still dig it, and I still listen to it. And it's I have a really deep appreciation for good metal. Sure. Um, yeah,
0: it's great. Were you um, around when a Beloved was big around in the area? Yeah. No, well, I was around.
1: Um, but that's right when I was, you know, I was really getting into jazz and, um, yeah.
0: So it's funny because I wasn't, i sort of was born with jazz. Like my dad played that kind of thing. So I always had that in the house. So rock and roll to me was the novel thing. That was the new thing to me. Right. And so when a friend of mine said, Hey, um, Check this out. This is kind of like uh, hardcore, but m- like melodic hardcore or post-core post-demo or whatever the post, like student, like the things that people would say. and um, Post-Avantism? Exactly. Joe <laughs> Mustin, um, the drummer for Beloved, is actually a really good friend of uh, Blake Richardson. He was one of the guys that was around when me and Blake got together the first time. Okay. So you see him around every once in a while. He played for, uh, God, what's the name of that band? Oh my goodness, he's going to kill me (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, It will come to me Later, and then I'm going to stop The audio in a really, really weird place And I was like, that's it right there That's it But that's another conversation.
2: Dude, no, I know. But there's I mean there's some sick players out. I May mean, not so much like in the metal genre, sure. but like as far as girl drummers. Right. Like they're starting to um, kind of make a upright. There's that German girl that and uh oh, damn.
0: Annika Niles? Yeah. She's dude, bad, dude. That, sick. That, that video that is video synergy. I'll still look at that every, because of the photography in that is incredible. Yeah, I know. I'm it's going really well. It's
2: like, damn, this looks like um, a legit music video. Exactly, right? but tight.
0: she is just phenomenal. Her feel is good. Yeah. Her touch is good. I mean, yeah, her I know. She, a that's the
2: thing, man. Like, she's just, she looks normal. Like, she just, she's very comfortable behind the kids. Like, mm-hmm. it's weird. And, you know, guy, there's guys out there, too, that have this, like, awkward sort of form or technique to them and, right. but I felt like I don't know it's because you don't really typically see too many girl drummers sure. but when you would see them they'd be like yeah it's just something bad it. it just looks weird but she just likes she has that comfortable look behind it you know what I'm saying
0: yeah like so I wasn't yeah. I wasn't saying so much as there aren't girl drummers but if women are what 49% of the population how many yeah. percent of like musician like female yeah. musicians do you see <laughs> you know I'm, I'm sure there are tons um and I could name a couple I mean Anna Niles, myself and out of the, the because there's that chick what's her name um
2: Sheila e. not Sheila <laughs> E. Because
0: I'm still trying to think about metal. I mean, like oh like yeah, yeah, Once yeah, you yeah. depart metal, I mean, you're like uh, Sheila E. or Meg White or yeah. uh, Terry Lynn Carrington or uh, Beyonce's drummers. Yeah,
2: yeah. I forget yeah. her name, but I, 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 she's always on my explore feed on Instagram. Right. I see it's like, so I mean,
0: yeah, but and I, and I hate that you have to sort of cross genres in order to get. Like just more female names.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, but I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, though, it's cool that they're that's starting to like. I don't know if that's like a thing or if it's finally become like acceptable <laughs> right. that drums aren't this typically like masculine sort not of even, instrument.
0: Not even just drums, just music in general. Yeah, music.
2: Was, yeah, yeah, music in general, man. Yeah. Like I feel like the most I would hear like girls are typically either piano players or. You know, violinists.
0: Or front or the just, band.
2: Or front the band. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. And then, but you never see him like, like or, I remember growing up and seeing like Smashing Pumpkins and Homegirl was on bass. I was like, oh, that's sick. You sure. never see that. Yeah, right. Like, it was kind of cool.
0: I think, I don't know, is because that has to start locally, right? You know, yeah. I mean, I know tons of women that are in the music scene, but they're still, for the most part, backed by men.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, so even if you have a woman band leader, a woman songwriter, the majority of the time their bands are almost completely men.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's re- it's really rare that you see like um like Michael Jackson's band when he had when he was going to do that last tour, uh, I forget the name of that girl guitar player, but she's a total shredder. Yeah. But I think literally everyone else in that band was sure. <laughs> was all dudes. Right. And they're all sick players, but I I mean yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of one of those things that did he hire her because she's a chick or right. because and that's sick. And I was about to say that. It's like, it
0: sucks that it's still, like, the mentality is kind of still, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be a thing. It shouldn't yeah. be anything. You yeah, know? I but, but now, I, I don't want to get too into feminist stuff, but yeah, it does seem like, like a, yeah, yeah but, but at the same time, it does seem like some people have women sometimes that are meant to be the mascots of certain bands. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of... The, I mean, that's always been the draw to it. You see, you can make the debate whether, like, no doubt... Like, Gwen Stefani would have a career without her being the front woman and No Doubt. Sure. Like, no Doubt it was just had some dude being the front man. you think they would have gotten as big as, as they have. Mm-hmm. Same thing, with, like, you've got home girl from paramore like sure. you know it's like there's a billion of those
1: kind of- <laughs> sorry i started coughing <laughs> what you have against no doubt <laughs> no it wasn't anything i heard so i heard blake taking a sip of water in the conversation and it made me thirsty like it made my mouth start to water so i drank some water just hearing his voice makes my <laughs> mouth water <laughs> can't wait to hear his drumming i
0: know right <laughs>
2: of bands those like poppy sort of you know all rock sort of bands that uh that are out there with millions of them where it's dude singers mm-hmm. and i don't know that's that's definitely up for debate that's kind of like would they have gotten as big if it was just some normal ass looking dude right. <laughs> would
0: they have gotten as big if it was some normal ass looking dude
1: that is the question and i would say no i mean uh uh, talking about having a female mascot for the band, uh, I think that's the case with a lot of acts that have gotten big, um,
0: unfortunately. Yeah. You, can <laughs> it's you name a, any that you feel like, eh, they... Well, like, I mean, any pop singer, this is kind of... I wouldn't okay. I wouldn't say any pop singer. And there, there's one element that we did not mention, and that is the marketing mindset of record labels. Right. Mm-hmm. I think we talk a little bit about, or maybe not. I'm I confuse my conversations with other people sometimes. Um, but how, at that point, the music industry was really much more controlled by record labels because the internet wasn't a, as big a thing. Right. So. I'm sure there are people that work for a record labels So that are looking for specific things. Right. Like they, they have all these male, you know, players in these male bands, but we want someone to connect with females just to hit that demographic because there's no one in there. Right. Right. And I mean, that's still saying the same type of thing. We need a, a female as a mask mascot to sell records. Um, but at the same time, I don't like. Chris. We had a Britney Spears versus Christina Aguilera sort of uh, <laughs> conversation in the. In uh, I can't remember where, but I think it was in the in the band truck, and how I'm a huge. I've always been a huge Christina Aguilera fan yeah. because it was evident really early on how talented she was. Yeah. Right. And she, to me, just with her voice alone, kind of earned her keep. When it came to her status as a superstar. Yeah. Brittany's a completely different animal. You know, and so if it wasn't for that, if it were all like a meritocracy. People like Christina Aguilera would like always win hands down, mm-hmm. and Britney Spears would be in Las Vegas. Yeah, where with the rest of sort of like the all-in-one performer type of, I can sing, I can carry a tune enough to get by, but my show is really more about dancing and um, and all that stuff.
1: Right, and Christina Aguilera is, a, is certainly a badass, and. I think maybe the reason she's so popular is because she's got the whole thing. She's sure. got the dance moves, she's got the look. Um but as far as just singing, you know, I went to school with 10 singers who who could sing as well as her. You know, mm-hmm. uh there's a million of them in the world. I mean, it that alone is not what got her famous. Sure. Her voice alone. Um You know, it might be that she's a whole package, Mm -hmm. whereas, you know, and there's a lot fewer of those in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But you're right that she is not just a gimmick. Um, She is not just a mascot. Sure. Um, Whereas somebody like Britney Spears is just a
0: mascot, just a look. Do you think that the same thing could be said from someone like Adam Levine? For instance, because to me, Adam Levine is like the the male Britney Spears. Yeah. You yeah. know, he is a good looking dude with um enough music talent to get by, but if he looked if, if we took his looks down from like let's say what is he, a nine point five to an eight point five, mm-hmm. but then we took his singing level up he would still be like popular. You know, Ed Sheeran, for instance, doesn't look anything like um, Adam Levine does, but I think that Ed Sheeran is 10 times more musically talented than yeah. Adam Levine is.
1: Well, and it's, and it's not just music. Um, Ed Sheeran is probably a great businessman and he's made great decisions with his life. And he's, um, so I, I really don't know a whole lot about him, but my impression is that he kind of gained a following on his own before he was picked up by a record label. Yeah,
0: and I guess that's not fair either because now we're talking about internet internet age stuff yeah, compared yeah. to where Adam Levine broke when that was just starting to explode but it wasn't nearly as saturated as it was. Right. So, Adam Levine still kind of fits, excuse me. Adam Levine still kind of fits the original model of how people get discovered and then pushed by um big record labels. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to bring up a male because I didn't want to pick on females. I, I right. wanted to kind of make it clear in the original conversation that it wasn't just uh, females. Anybody could be a mascot and anybody can get famous because someone thinks they look good and can carry a tune. Right. But yeah. But that wasn't even a question. <laughs> like I we haven't gotten that far yet.
2: <laughs> but that's kind of, I mean, at the end of the day too, that's kind of the pop world. I feel like that's when it's getting into. Sure. It was like the politics and stuff involved with that. But as far as like musician-based bands, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't think it should really matter.
0: Do you feel like, um, okay, first of all, the name the name of the podcast is called Mr. Haircut. I apologize. I, it took me that long to actually tell him what the name of the podcast was. I am such an amateur interviewer. You mean he's not an avid listener of Mr. Haircut? Oh, no. Oh, no. He he loves Joe Rogan. You know, Joe Rogan has everything that we don't. He's funny. He has an audience. Um yeah, so the weirdest little D tier podcast at the moment. I bet he doesn't have a big black man that makes him biscuits every morning. You know, I feel like he can afford it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you work cheap. That's
0: Um,. <laughs> 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 and so the, the um it's actually on improv the The podcast is sort of on like improvisational music oh it's and it's cool. not not just uh improv like jazz or whatever but what we did today yeah
2: just like shedding exactly just like yeah, yeah, um That's so i kind
0: of cool. want to wrap the conversation back to that back at some yeah. point no, but i do yeah. want to ask do you feel like you can i don't want to get you in trouble but i do want to feel like like do you can you tell if a girl is playing or not? Do you feel like you is there is a difference like, in the sound? Like if I were
2: to hear it, not yeah, see, exactly, like a, like a Turing test or whatever. Right, right. Uh,
0: Before he gives his answer, I want you to answer that question. Do you feel like girls sort of innately have a different sound on musical instruments than guys do?
1: Um, no, I don't. I mean. I feel like I've heard a lot less, a lot fewer female musicians, um, and a lot of them have come about, you know, have come through to their music differently than men have. Uh, but I don't think there's an innate difference between male and female. So, like, es-
0: like Esperanza Spalding uh, on upright would sound. Um, well, she crushes everybody else in the <laughs> world. I mean, she, that's not a good example. Or uh, what's what's that chick's name? Oh, oh, I cannot remember anyone's name. The girl that got popular, right, playing with uh, Jeff Jeff Beck and Van Oh, Tao yeah. Wilkenfeld. Her, yeah. Do I think she has a different sound because she's a
1: female? Or yes, no, okay, no. Um, it she grooves harder than you know she she's got the groove. What we were talking about last week with ryan mm-hmm. she's she's just got that soul she's got the groove um that everything she plays is just tasteful and and fits perfectly you know fits perfectly around the beat um, she's just got such a great feel I think it has nothing to do with her sex
0: okay.
2: Uh, no, no, I couldn't tell. Like I, I wouldn't be able to tell. Like I feel, like, uh, at least if I'll know if they're, I can tell if they're a good player or not. But mm-hmm. I definitely couldn't tell, like if, like who was playing, mm-hmm. what gender. I feel like at the end of the day, I, I, I would be able to tell like a good player from a bad player. But that's about it. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think that's fair. I think yeah. all of the the chick spawn um, players I've known, I've known that they were chicks before I heard, and it probably colored my perception of their playing. Yeah, for yeah. Hours.
2: Like, it's funny, like, I wish, dude, Prince did that, I think it was the last time he was on Saturday Night Live, but he did that, it was cool what he did, he did Mm -hmm. uh, that eight minute long jam or whatever, instead of, because I guess that was his turns. he was like, if I'm going to do it, I don't want to do two separate things, I just want to do one one thing, I was like, that's kind of cool. But now, going back, I wish I would have, like, not seen it, and just heard it, and Mm -hmm. been able to, like, see, because I think it was an all-girl band, like, it was all... It was that girl drummer, and then she had the bass player and that shredder guitar player. Right? Who he's had? I think he's brought her out a bunch before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now going back, I was like, is that in my head now? Now I, I see a girl playing. Is that going right?
0: Back? Because for a long time it was. Can you tell if a player is black or white?
2: Oh, dude, I do that. <laughs> I, do that. I do that with uh, my guitar player Paul all uh-huh. the time. It's <laughs> Instagram. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Can you tell if a player is black or white just by listening? Uh I've
1: I've actually thought about that and had that conversation a bunch of times with people. Um and the answer is no at the end of the day. Why? Um at least I can't. Okay. Um because there's maybe with beginners, um so maybe with more amateur players I could tell. Uh but with
0: with good musicians, um, why is it more evident with uh skilled, like seasoned musicians than it is with amateur like beginners? Because I think
1: non white people I'm not going just gonna say black people because uh it's pretty much just non white people, uh have a much more innate sense of rhythm. Um and I think that's cultural rather than a genetic thing. I mean, I think it's it's the way they're raised, it's the kind of music their parents and grandparents listen to. Very um, shrewd, it's, Mr. Ray. <laughs> It's the way that that their parents talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so So one thing that really has stuck with me is I went to a, a master class with Wayne Shorters band. Mm-hmm. Um, and Danilo Perez is their pianist and uh, he's Puerto Rican maybe. Um, and he was talking about how his how rhythm was kind of driven into him by his parents through language. Um, that everything that his parents said to him from the time he was born was, was rhythmic, uh, you know, like it, um, they would also use touch, you know, so as his dad was talking to him, he would say, I'm Papa, you know, and, and touch him. And it would really be, it, he learned rhythm in a very organic way from the time he was born, hmm. um, and I'm white, and I definitely did not learn it that way. I've had to really struggle with it since I started playing music um, because rhythm just doesn't come naturally to me. Mm. It's something I've had
0: to learn. So more uh, to the point, you're white, You're a um, white American. Yeah, white you know? American, right, right. So because I know a lot of... Um... Okay, so I grew up in church, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell the same story twice. I'm just going to let the audio play.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's... Yeah, I don't know. Some people can. I I don't know. I, like I I don't really even know anymore. I think it's just if like it's a visual thing. Just because I think what you see physically kind of like affects what you hear sonically. Sure. So and just based on what you've heard before. Mm-hmm. But if I were to go into it blindly, I don't I don't know if I'd be able to tell.
0: What do, you, what do you think Caused that in the first place
2: Dude I don't know I wonder that myself Like that's 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 always interesting Because I have the same Exact conversation With a lot of players That I go on tour with Who mm-hmm. are like I mean most of the bands That I go on tour with In the metal I mean it's in the metal world too They're like Predominantly white mm-hmm. So we have the same The same exact conversation Come up And It's kind of like It's, it's like there's something they can't really explain. Like we feel like there's, we always come down to like I would be in high school and we'd be jamming on the drum kit in band class. And then some dudes would come in. Or I remember there was this girl that would randomly, randomly come in. She'd sit down. She's this cool black chick. She was like, Oh, let me play, and then she would throw down some beat, some groove that was actually really sick. Yeah, and we were like, "Damn, you play!" She was like, mm-hmm. "Not really, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, not really." This is actually the first time I ever played real kid I was like, right. "God damn!" Right. So I don't know, man. I don't know if it's like a natural thing, like and some people have natural right. rhythm that comes to them. But at the same time, there's there's white dudes out there too that are doing. Doing the same thing, right? It's, it's kind of. I like, think I, it's how you're brought up, right? It's just in your bones. Man. I
0: think that YouTube has changed the game a little bit, yeah. Because when you had like when I grew up in church, uh, I would be right next to my dad plays organ, yeah. so I'd be right next to the musicians, and I'd just be watching the drums, yeah. right? And so yeah. if you if you've been doing that since you've been like two or three years old, you're going to pick up things, dude.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, but
0: you know the church experience, even if you know, you grew up in church as a white person, is completely different totally because the worship different. style is different, music is different yeah. until YouTube. Mm-hmm. Because YouTube has been the great equalizer exposing different people to cultures they would not have been exposed to. Exactly. And now, you know, these younger, you know, white drummers are looking at these younger black drummers or older yeah. black drummers, and everybody's just listening to the same things now. Yeah. So what was the first time? Do you remember the first music that you saw on YouTube that influenced you, because we're a little older, right? So we yeah. we were in it before that exploded, but that still introduced us to other things too. Do you remember the first notable YouTube video of just some no name that became famous that you remember seeing? Hmm.
1: No, I don't remember the first non-famous person. I do remember the first YouTube video I saw. Hmm. Uh, and another bass player in town actually told me about youtube, and i didn 't know what it was, hmm. and he was like, "Yeah man they 've got Jocko videos on YouTube and I was like, "No way, Jocko videos and so the first thing the first my first experience with YouTube was looking up every single Jocko video that <laughs> that was on there, nice. yeah, um and that right there changed my world i 'd never seen Jocko play you know i 'd heard recordings, but uh for those of you don 't know he 's You know, maybe one of the most revolutionary bassists in history. Um, And, you know,
0: died in the early 80s before a lot of video was taken of him. Mm -hmm. So mine was gospel chops. Really? Yeah. Um, And I know I grew up in like playing music in church, but there was still something different about what they were doing out west. That was completely different from what I've heard around here. So, people like um, Tony Royster Jr., who was already famous because he did a, a VHS at like 12 or 13 alongside Dennis Chambers. Yeah. And um, Thomas Pridgeon whom fil- filmed this little solo. Everybody knows his solo. He's like a skinny 19 year old kid at the time, and it's a really dark, crappy looking video. But he's just like going to town. Um, So many of those little clips, not even like full videos, but like one or two minutes, just to kind of let you know, Mm -hmm. oh crap, this stuff is out there, and these people are my age. Yeah, you know. So that was a game changer for me. And whatever little ego that I had just sort of evaporated right there and is buried on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of ego buried on YouTube. I'm sure there is, and there's a lot of e- ego uploaded on YouTube too yeah, because everybody's yeah. trying to get internet famous. Yeah, But I don't understand how anyone could have a inflated sense of self when there are so many talented people out there just doing it, mm-hmm. you know, and well-known people, people that you've never heard of already oftentimes conquering the ground that you're just starting on. Yeah. Yep. It started with us a little bit, it did. you know, like Thomas Pridgeon, right? He's, yeah. he's a black drummer and he definitely has a little bit of that sound, but at the same time he was obviously inspired by a lot of rock music too.
2: He has like that bottom in him too, to a certain extent. Right. He's got like, you can tell he can... That's it. I mean, he can play with, like, a rock band. He's playing, he's doing rock-type stuff with Mars Balta. He's doing stuff with, uh... I mean, he was doing suicidal. Like, that's right. borderline, you know, hardcore stuff. It's like, right. he's got that in him, too. So it's it's kind of cool to see, see guys cross those boundaries a lot like that. But, and yeah, YouTube definitely... I mean, that totally changed the game, man.
0: Music enchants us. With open hearts, we rejoice. With one voice, we sing. That was my haiku I wrote 30 seconds ago. Consider this a formal challenge to get poetry submissions sent in to Mr. Haircut at MrHaircut.org. We want to hear from you guys. We're serious. We love you. We wish the best for you. And we want to. If not see your faces, then to read your words. Because I know that you guys have the best words. This is Jonathan Green from Mr. Haircut. I want to thank you guys for listening. This was part one of our conversation with Blake Richardson. We want to extend a huge thank you to him. Because he was taking a break from tour. And he could have done anything else. He could have been hanging out with his lovely new wife, he could have been resting. He could have done anything better than to be subjected to my poor interviewing skills. I want to make a couple of quick corrections. First, first we mentioned earlier in a conversation, our mutual friend, Joe, who is the drummer for beloved, the band that I could not remember at the time that he played for was called the almost secondly. Beyonce has had several female drummers, from Kim Thompson, Cora Coleman, and Nikki Glaspie. The music playing under my voice was from Carmine's 901 on Sunday. If you guys haven't visited Carmine's 901, you should. The food is incredible, and it's family-friendly. Anyways, the lineup on this song is myself, Mr. John Ray, and his old friend, Joe Hundermark. I'd like to remind you guys that we do have an original song available called Tidal Motion that was written by John Ray, featuring myself on drums and Matt Sickles on guitar. Well, I think that was it. So I'll see you guys next time on. Wait, isn't there supposed to be a voice? I'll just make one up.